0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, where hundreds of researchers make new discoveries inspired by the work of previous Dana-Farber scientists. Learn
1: more about their momentum at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. Powerful winter storms and Arctic cold have left more than 40 people dead across the United States But as NPR's Amy Hell tells us, a dramatic shift in the weather pattern is in store for the country.
0: The bitter coast-to-coast cold has turned deadly. Washington state officials say several people died from hypothermia, including those experiencing homelessness. Blizzards, snow, and ice made for slick roadways blamed for fatal accidents in New York, Pennsylvania, and Mississippi. Tennessee alone has reported more than a dozen weather-related deaths. While another surge of Arctic air is moving from the central U.S. eastward through the weekend and more snow is falling from the Midwest to the Mid-Atlantic, starting next week, the Climate Prediction Center is forecasting a big change, calling for above-average temperatures for most of the U.S., with the warmth forecast to persist until at least the end of January. Amy Held, NPR News.
1: President Biden's expected to sign off on legislation that'll now keep the government open through February. Yesterday, the U.S. House voted to advance the short-term funding extension. It passed, but with Republican votes split. Nearly 50 50. NPR's Eric McDaniel reports on the pressure the new House Speaker faces from hardline Republican opponents to the stopgap measures.
2: Speaker Mike Johnson, he's the leader of the House Republican caucus, obviously, and he's new on the job, right? He's about 90 days in, and he's relied on his sort of early days goodwill to set a bipartisan top line spending target, which was a big deal in negotiations with other congressional leaders and keep the lights on with these short term bills. But both moves really kind of irked his anti-compromise members.
1: That's NPR's Eric McDaniel. Now to Israel's war with Hamas. Posts to social media claim that the Israeli military has exhumed bodies from a graveyard in Gaza. NPR's Jeff Brumfield has more on the allegations.
3: Videos posted to social media show extensive damage at the main graveyard of the city of Khan Yunus in southern Gaza. Bulldozer tracks are visible as are broken gravestones and open graves. The Israeli military did not comment directly on the incident. But in a statement responding to the allegations, it says it does conduct operations to recover the bodies of hostages when it has, quote, critical intelligence about where they are. In such cases, it says it removes any remains thought to be hostages to conduct forensic analysis. The military said it would return any bodies if it found they were not hostages. Jeff Brumfield, NPR News.
1: The North Korean government says it has tested a drone that purportedly can carry out underwater attacks on Navy vessels and ports. Kim Jong-un's regime says it is responding to joint naval exercises that its southern rival carried out this week with Japan and the United States. From Washington, this is NPR News. Japan's waiting to see if it has succeeded in doing what only four other countries have been able to do, land on the moon. Japan's space agency is checking the status of its unmanned spacecraft after it landed on the lunar surface just after midnight Saturday, Tokyo time, or so Japan's government says. If it has succeeded, Japan is poised to join the U.S., what was then the Soviet Union, China and India, in getting to the moon. Underwater kelp forests are teeming with life. New evidence now shows that the first complex kelps were much older than once suspected. Ari Daniel reports they arrived well before many of the animals who live in them got there.
2: Kelp fossils are rare, but a set washed up on the rocky shoreline of the Olympic Peninsula in Washington. Researchers took one of the fossilized shells that a kelp had glued itself to and performed a chemical analysis to determine its age. The result? 32 million years old. Cindy Loy is a paleobotanist at the University of California at Berkeley.
1: Just to think that we now added a little tiny piece of the puzzle of when they started, that makes me very proud.
2: The finding reveals that the foundation of this ecosystem was already in place millions of years later when kelp evolved and grew taller, allowing a thriving hub of biodiversity to slowly begin to materialize. For NPR News, I'm Ari Daniel.
1: U.S. stocks are trading higher this hour. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 134 points. This is NPR.